0: Hey guys, it's Pastors Aaron and Terry Bagwell, and we wanted to say thank you for listening to this week's podcast.
1: If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with a friend to keep others around you encouraged throughout the week.
0: We hope you have a blessed day and enjoy the podcast. God bless you.
1: Living a life of passionate prayer. How many of you, if you had to evaluate your prayer life, would you say you're passionate about prayer? Handful of you? I, I you know, I, I would agree. I think sometimes we get inundated with life. We get inundated with just everything going on. And prayer can kind of be one of those things that we, we don't dismiss it, but we just kind of... Treat it like a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I prayed. I prayed over my food. I prayed over this. I prayed over that. Uh, that was good. But when we can find the power that lies within prayer, God can do so much. It's amazing. Um, I didn't always have a passionate prayer life. Like I, I for years, you know, especially when my kids were little, it was like I felt like the time I could give to prayer was like if I was folding laundry you know I tried to get creative so I'm prayed over as I folded baskets of laundry Lord clothe them with kindness right like I just I tried to like take the word and apply it to actual life of what I was doing and um, you know but I was also like kind of like Freak out mom, right? Like, I don't do well in emergent situations. Like, my mom was a 911 dispatcher for like 20 years, and that's what she like retired from, if you will. And I would have failed miserably at 911 dispatcher. I just would have. They'd be like, somebody has a gun, to be like, oh my gosh, they do? Are you kidding me? What are you gonna do? Like, I just wouldn't be good. Like, I. My kids would get injured and I'd be like, is there blood? Wait, I I can't, nurse, I would have failed at nurse. Doctor, anything with blood, not good. They trip and fall face first. I'm like, are their teeth okay? Like, I can't deal with that. That's not good. Dentist, would have failed at dentist. So all the things, right? You learn what you should not do in life. Well, prayer is something that all of us can and should do. Amen? Amen. Prayer can be so powerful in our lives. And the things that God wants to do in and through us can be activated by the sacrifice we give when we give to prayer. And what I mean by that is really with prayer, all prayer takes is our time. It doesn't take a degree. It doesn't take some eloquent words. It doesn't take us being a gifted speaker. It doesn't take us, you know, having some great resume in life, all it takes is our time because God doesn't care how and what we say to him. It doesn't have to be some, you know, five point sermon. It doesn't have to be a three paragraph essay. It just has to come from our hearts and it can, it can be upset. It can be mad. It can be happy. It can be joyful. It can be all these things, but it does take time. And so we live in such a fast paced world. We live in such a uh, how busy are you society that we literally are training young people now from young ages to measure their worth by their schedules. So, and what I mean by that is kids, children's sports, let's say. And trust me, we've, we've fallen, fallen into this trap as parents through the years. From young, young ages now, it's like it's not anymore, you know, oh, yeah, little so-and-so plays baseball in the summertime and plays football in the fall and, you know, like can kind of broaden their horizons on what they might be good at. It's like from three years old, if you don't have them in their sport and like this is it, you're in it for the long haul, like we're investing millions of dollars into this sport and all of our time is gonna be gone. We can't ever take another vacation ever again. We can't ever do this ever again because we are owned by this. It's true. It is so true and we're guilty of it right here. I'm first one to raise my hand. My girls have done junior Olympic track gymnastics where they were in the gym 25 to 30 hours a week. Um, They've done competitive dance. They've done. What do they do now? Cheerleading? I don't know. What other they do? But <laughs> I don't know. It's nice when they get older because I don't have to take them to everything, right? Um, you know, we've done soccer. We've done. We've done everything that they've wanted to do. At the expense of what? Our time. So we're teaching children from a young age, and eventually you you get an entire generation right if you're teaching them from a young age to do something whatever it is it could be something good it could be something bad it doesn't matter but we are teaching young children how to fill up their lives with busyness and that can be a very scary place because then when are they really finding time for God when are they really prioritizing those things when are they spending time in prayer and we're guilty of it as adults, right? We take on the next project at work. We say yes to this. We say yes to that. We say, yeah, sure, we'll help you move. No, none of us ever say that because that's not fun. <laughs> Nobody wants to help anybody move. But, you know, that was just the first thing that came to my mind. But moving is awful, right? Like, who wants to pack it all up and then move it all? And we had to move some stuff up just from our basement, like our storage room, upstairs a few weekends ago. And thank God, I do, I thank God... That I have a teenage son because I don't have to do that kind of stuff anymore so now my husband just gets to yell with him and not have me be yelled at like you're not lifted I'm like I am lifting it I'm like this couch is heavy what do you mean so anyway I'm strong but there's just some things I don't want to exert energy on okay so I say all of that to say spending time in prayer can and is the best use of our time. So when we can teach children, when we can teach ourselves, reteach ourselves the priority of prayer, there's a passion that can ignite. There's something that can happen that can stir in our bellies, that can stir in our spirits to say, this is awesome. Like, I had the best time in prayer. And pe- people might look at you sideways and be like, okay, that's weird. But see, Jesus is our example, right? So I did a little teaching at the uh, women's prayer board night. And so um, some of my points are some of what that was. But when Aaron heard it, he's like, you got to preach that. Just expand on it to the whole church. So anyway, so this is where this is coming from. Um, But Jesus is our example. If we are to look to him, if we are made in his image, all we have to do is look to see what he did, right? He walked this earth just like you and I did. He encountered life, he encountered trials, he encountered relationships, and if we're looking at him, all we have to do is say, what did Jesus do when all of these things arose in his life? What did he do in moments of busyness, in moments of stress, in moments of trial? He retreated. He took a break from the busyness. He took a break from the noise. In Luke 5 16, it says, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Prayer is one of the most powerful weapons that the Lord has given us. It has the power to fill us back up, it has the power for us to release, it has the power for us to dream dreams and see visions and have hope of a future, prayer is so powerful. But see, prayer is also a key that unlocks the resources of heaven. He has given us a key. We literally have access to it. And all it takes is for us to spend a little time with him. And through that little bits of heaven are accessible to us and I don't know about you but I don't know what kind of life it would be if we lived here on this earth for 70 80 90 years however long the Lord sees fit for each one of us to be here I hope I hope mine's like a really long time I'm like 110 ish right like that would be awesome but I want to be healthy. Like, I watch these shows called, like, Blue Zone. Do, have you guys ever read the Blue Zone books? And this, oh, oh, my gosh. Well, don't get started if you're not interested in, like, health and, like, just, you know, really good things. But um, there's a documentary that they made from the book, The Blue Zones. And, like, there are these hot spots in the across the earth where the most centurions live. So um, there's, like, I think five or seven of them maybe now. But um, there are these little spots throughout the earth and they have the most 100 year old people on record that live in these spots and so they're like they studied them like what do they do how do they live differently what aspects of their life right so anyway it's very interesting well they just made a documentary on it so you don't even have to read the book anymore now you can just watch like the four episodes or whatever it is and um but it's something live to 100 life in the blue zone or something like that so look it up but it's good but Um, I don't know why I said all that. Oh, because I was saying 70, 80, 90 years. Okay. So (laughs) um, what would this life be if we're spending all this time here and it's just like trudging uphill, right? Like, oh, my gosh, trial after trial after trial after hurt after sickness after, you know, all these things. And what if we just carried it all with us the whole time? but we don't have to because through prayer, we access, like I said, bits of heaven. We get healing in Jesus name. We don't have to carry the sickness with us. We don't have to carry the pain with us because he already died for those things. Amen. We don't have to carry the hurt of a trial because there's something called forgiveness and we can offer it to those that have offended us, or those that have hurt us, or those that have come against us. And we can release it in Jesus' name, because we don't need to carry those things within ourselves. That's when bitterness forms. That's when bitterness takes root in our spirit, and that's when sickness can happen and different things. And bitterness is a very, very vile thing. And so when we are harmed in a way, whatever it may be, not making light of anything that could happen to us, but we must Offer forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen? So, we get access to all of these things through prayer. And I'm glad, I'm thankful we don't have to walk this whole earth, this whole life here on this earth, and carry all of those hardships with us. Because we have access to heaven. Amen. And all we have to do to start it is just have a reverent heart and say, Lord... I want more of you and less of me. And that can be hard sometimes because our flesh can be selfish. Our flesh thinks that it is always right, doesn't want to be corrected, right? But when we can tap into the accesses that heaven has to offer us here on this earth, it can push back darkness. It can push back the things of hell. That's why in Matthew 21, he said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. He wanted his house to be known not for an eloquent sermon, not for some great music, not for good fellowship and community. While those things are all important or well not all of them are important but community and fellowship those things are important while they're very important we need those things in our life he wanted his house to be known and called a house of prayer but when we look at that i'm going to pull that up cuz i forgot to put that scripture in my notes but um when we look at that scripture we have to look at the context of that too it wasn't like this kumbaya prayer moment, right? Like he was having with the disciples. They weren't all sitting crisscross applesauce and, you know, like just having a moment together, right? This was a rebuke. This this was him saying, my house has gotten so far from a house of prayer that I got to do some stuff to show you how serious I am. So in Matthew 21, verse 12 and 13, he says, it says this, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written... My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it into a den of thieves. So he was rebuking them. He was telling them, what has happened here is no more. Tables flipped over, right? This was not like a, we're going to be worshiping the Lord and we're going to just have prayer and be really great and blah, 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 blah. This was like, this is not okay, this is what you all have been doing, and this is an abomination to my father. So this, no more. My house, house of prayer. That's bold. That is like an established moment, right? How many of you would like your house to be known as a house of prayer? Amen? Well, several years ago, uh, Pastor Aaron and I, we embarked on a radical journey of prayer. And um, we were in an extreme wilderness season, um, spiritually, and we both felt separately the Lord urging our hearts to prayer. Like I said, it was both separate. Um, Even Literally, even as I was thinking through all of this and kind of going over everything, I, I was kind of thinking through in my mind, like, okay, when you're establishing your prayer life, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? So praying over your food, that's probably a good time to start. You could start it about three times a day, right? Three meals, pray over your food. Good. Maybe praying over your kids before they go to bed. Good. Praying over, I got a meeting today, Lord, can you be with me in my meeting? Good. But what if we, as a people, were passionate about that prayer time, and we invested time? Because what we give our time to is what we say is what's important to us, right? Now, obviously, we all have to work. We all have to put food on our table. We all have to provide. But... We got a lot of other hours. I don't think many people are working 24 hours a day. Some some professions might, but I do know they get a few days off too, right? So even while I was doing this, I got a text message of a prayer request of a friend. We've been friends for many, many years. And um, her mom is on life support. And so she said, will you please just pray that, you know, we're we're probably going to have to make the decision soon to take her off life support and just praying for the Lord's will. Absolutely. I put this thing down and I went to town back there in that office and called down heaven on her behalf because the interrupting moments sometimes can be the most powerful moments in prayer. So while planning is good, and I'm going to get into pastor Aaron and I's journey here in a second. Um, sometimes the interruption of prayers can be the most powerful and the Lord will use us in the most incredible ways. So don't, um, just get routine with your prayer. Okay. But for he and I, this started many, many years ago and we, we just created what worked for us. Now this is just, no, this is just what I'm sharing our journey. I'm not saying anybody else has to do this but we would get up around 3 30 or 4 a.m every single day and he would go to our offices and I this started you know many many years ago so he would go to our offices and I would go to um, my prayer closet that I had in our home which was literally my closet so but hey it it worked telling you I had room to walk around it was all right Even if I didn't, all I needed to be was on my knees, right? So so we created what worked for us, but every single day we said, we are seeking God. We are searching for something because we were in a very dry spiritual place. Even though we had been in church our whole lives, right? We had been in ministry for many, many years, but there was something that was happening in the spirit. There was a dissatisfaction that was happening in our spirits. And we said, we need more. And the only way we were going to find it was by seeking God. So we both had our, you know, different flows. I don't know what he did exactly because I wasn't there. I was doing my own thing. But I would, this was me, I would put my AirPods in. And I had like three playlists that I had preset kind of, you know, just different different vibes right like just different moments sometimes it was like high praise like I'm never coming down I'm just praising forever and I don't know if my kids are gonna wake up because they'll hear me screaming down here in my closet but whatever I don't care and then I had like the more worshipful stuff but let me tell you at 3 a.m. you don't want too much worshipful stuff because you're tired you're like I need something to get my blood pumping I gotta like you know start jumping or something because it's hard some days you're praying Eyes closed, maybe. You're like, wait, am I sleeping? Oh, wait. Oh, oh, I think I just fell asleep. Okay, so <laughs> had to figure out what worked for us. But this would position our days for immense success and focus. Every single day. We never left our prayer closets without like having a victory in the spirit. And we didn't have a set time. We didn't say, like, we're praying for 47 minutes, and that's how long we're going to be in here. It was like, we got some things to pray about, and we're praying until we hear from God. And I mean, he has his own experiences that he can share, but like, one day, he literally was face down on the ground in our offices, like, by the weight of the glory like he literally couldn't get up off the ground and i kept looking at my watch because you know there was a certain stopping time right like our kids had to go to school so it's like they were in elementary and middle school at the time so you know it's we do have some responsibilities we can't negate everything in life but so i'm like looking at my watch and getting ready i'm like man he must have gotten on a phone call or something you know usually early in the morning he talks overseas because it's a lot of hours ahead and so, but he comes into the house and he is weeping and I'm like, are you okay? Like, Everything all right? And he literally just like leaned against the wall in our bathroom and like slid down. And he's like, I can't stand. I don't even know how I drove. I don't even know how I got here. Like, I literally don't even remember driving. I'm like, that's kind of weird and scary. Like, but he was so just enveloped by the presence of the Lord that there was no denying that God was doing something miraculous. So I say all of that to say you have to figure out what works for you. But when you do and you give a sacrifice of your time to the Lord, I promise you, it's like 100% guarantee cash money back. What do they say? Like, um, I don't know i can guarantee you you will see a change in yourself you will see a change in your life you will see a change in your daily flow you will see that things look a little bit differently every single day but i want to ask you i I truly want to ask and have each one of us evaluate what does your morning look like before you arrive at work or wherever you're going, maybe you don't work, but whatever you have to do for the day, what does your morning look like before you get to that place? What have you filled yourself with before your day has really even started? It matters. It really does. I had one time, and I'll I'll share this, you'll think I'm probably crazy, but it's okay. You all already think I'm crazy. So one time in prayer, Um, I had, so I was like, just in a really, you know, like heavy worship flow, if you will. And I was just praying and praying about some certain things. And I know that I know that I know that I literally felt the wind, the mighty rushing wind of the Holy Spirit, like on my back. It was like, I was like kneeled on the ground and all of a sudden, like just this mighty like to the point where I looked up and I'm like, is there an like air conditioning vent above me? Like do they do that in closets? I don't know. Like and so, but literally, like I had to leave the room to go check to see if the air conditioning was on because it was that evident, like against my back and like my ankles, you know, were showing and it was cold air, like literally just like mighty rush go across me. And I, after I discovered it was not a air conditioning unit that was going crazy, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm listening. Like, wow. I mean, it was a very just intense moment for me. It it literally freaked me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Um, and But I have seen, like, incredible visions before me in my moments of prayer, um, to the point where, like, one time... Um, I was in my closet and like, we had this one kind of bare wall that is like the door, the wall that the door you know, butted up to. And, um, if you opened it, so I just was kind of like standing there, but my eyes were closed. You know, I had the music on and I was just praying. And after a minute, like I started to see this ladder before me. And the, the more I prayed, this ladder became like so vivid that I literally was like almost like moving, like I was going around it. Like I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I swear I had to open my eyes because I was like, "Did Aaron leave a ladder in here or something?" And I opened my eyes and it was just blank wall, and I was like, "Holy cow!" That that and then literally five seconds later, the Lord spoke to me and he said. Where there are walls that have been built, I will give you ladders to go up and over them. And I was like, well, praise you, Jesus. Amen. So when the Lord shows us things, we can't just ignore them. We can't lay them to the side. We have to seek him more so that we can get explanations sometimes on things. Because if I would have just seen a ladder, I would have been like, okay, am I going to change a light bulb later? I don't know. Like, what's happening, you know? And, but the Lord always will show himself real to us and so it was in those moments that I found a passion for prayer I found something for myself that I was like I don't need anybody else to facilitate this I don't need anybody else to have their hand in this I don't need anybody to tell me to do it I found like this burning passion like okay I I don't care if it's 3.30 in the morning. I'm getting up tomorrow, and I'm going to prayer because I can't wait for the Lord to speak to me. I can't wait to see what else he has for me, right? It becomes contagious. It's like, okay, I'm going to pray again. I want to pray some more. Who else can I pray for? Like, what you got? Um, So anyway, so that started many, many years ago for us. And one thing that we stuck to was there was no excuse for us. There was no excuse why we couldn't get up in the morning. There was no excuse for us to skip a day. We didn't allow it. We disciplined ourselves, and it was hard at first. It was draggy at first, trust me. Like, first few days, you know, and then you're going to bed late still, and you're like, ugh, oh, okay, I just got like four hours of sleep, but all right, God, here we go, let's pray. But you, you adjust, right? You realize, I need to be a good adult, and if I'm gonna get up at 4 a.m., I probably should go to bed more around nine o'clock, right? Like, need a little bit more sleep because we don't want to be awful to everybody the next day, right? (laughs) Is that what happens? I mean, maybe it's just me. So anyway, quickly, I want to give us three things that I feel that I have learned that are important when praying and believing. Number one, if you're taking notes, first thing, know to whom you are speaking. Jesus told us, I think I forgot to give you this scripture, but that's okay. Everybody's heard it, I'm sure. Jesus told us how to pray. And he said in Matthew 6, 9, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Or another translation says, or may your name be kept holy. So he told us, he told us how to start our prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May your name be kept holy, Lord. So we have three distinct people, persons, that we could pray to. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they each offer different things to us because they are three different people. So which part of the Holy Trinity do you need to pray to? Do you need to speak with? Talking to Jesus is like a friend closer than a brother. He's the Savior of our soul. God the Father, our Father in heaven, Abba Father. Even Jesus knew He would share Him with you and I because He started it, our Father. He didn't say, my Father in heaven, He said, our Father. And other times, it might be the Holy Spirit that you need to welcome in. Might be the Holy Spirit that you need to cry out to. He's the one who fills us and empowers us. So each each aspect of our prayer to knowing whom we are speaking to, there is power in that. So know that if you're speaking and crying out that the power that lies within your prayers, they are being recognized in heaven And they're being heard. Amen? The second one that I learned along my prayer journey is to give thanks. Please do not come into prayer with all your woes. Like, oh, God, here I am again, your faithful servant. Ah." God already knows what's going on in your life. You don't have to recap everything He knows, so come with a thankful heart. I guarantee when you start your prayers with a thankful heart, it will lift your spirit right you Your attitude might change when you come with a grateful heart. faith for your troubles might grow. Imagine that it's awesome. And most importantly, praise opens the gates of heaven. Psalm 110 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Amen. You will encourage yourself in the Lord by giving thanks. It is 100% guaranteed. You will encourage yourself. Everybody has something to be thankful for. Even if you feel like all hell is breaking loose around you and you have no good thing happening in your life, well, you know what? You still have breath in your body to complain about it. So you got something good going on. Amen? So getting in God's presence can be so powerful and it's so essential to our life here on this earth. We have to have it. I couldn't imagine walking this earth and not being able to talk to the Lord. Amen? But if we dive into Old Testament and the tabernacle, and I'm just going to touch base on this really quick because I think the tabernacle is very fascinating because, you know, remember me? I'm an, I'm an OT girl. Old Testament. <laughs> love it. I don't know why. Just love it. I think because I'm extreme. So I'm like, yes, that's really extreme and bold, God. I love it. Like, glad I don't have to live in it, but I love reading about it. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, There were layers to entering God's presence in the tabernacle, right? So if we take Psalm 110 verse 4, the one I just read, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The first layer to the tabernacle was the gate and you entered into the court. You can't enter into the court to be in the presence of God if you don't give thanks. It's biblical. It's not just me making it up over here. So entering into his gates with thanksgiving brings you into the courts. And what do we do in the courts? We praise. And then we could go into the holy and the holy of holies, which is the presence of God. Amen? There's so much that you could teach on the tabernacle. This is not a teaching on the tabernacle. This is just that scripture dissected in two minutes. So, but most people aren't ready for that next layer because we haven't gotten through the praise, right? So like I've studied a lot on praise and high praise and what the Bible says about it is just, but this isn't about praise, this is about prayer. So, But it's incredible, so with all that in time people, in time, just be patient. So the third one, pray the word. The word of God is our weapon in spiritual warfare. The the word is so powerful, and it can be used so mightily, but we have to know it. We got to have it in us. We have to read our Bible. We have to think on it, pray on it, read his scripture. What does it say? What does he have for us? Luke 4, 1 through 12. I'm going to fly through it here. This is when Jesus is being tested in the wilderness. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. I think all of us can say, yes, we would be hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus didn't use his divine authority to answer any question from the enemy. He could have turned those stones to bread, he could have thrown himself down, he could have done all of these things that he was being tested in, but instead, he used authority of Scripture. Every time he said, it is written, whatever had been written, right? There's a uh, Old Testament prophecy that parallels to that with Moses warning the Israelites in Deuteronomy 6, and we're not going to go there for the sake of time, but if you want, read it. It's really good. And um, But it was a call of wholehearted commitment that Moses was warning the Israelites about. And I just... I love looking back at Old Testament prophecy. We're doing a lot of that right now on Wednesday nights. Um, So that was the other announcement I forgot. So join us Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. That's my commercial. Okay, so, but Moses, (laughs) Deuteronomy 6, um, he lived an amazing life, right? But I was thinking about it this week, and I shared this with Aaron actually this morning, and he's like, how in all my years of church and ministry have i never heard anyone teach on this i was like i don't know see the lord speaks to me i don't know see but (laughs) but i thought this week i was studying moses and i was looking at all of these things and i thought what would life have looked like for moses if he allowed his moments to be defined by his moments from birth What I mean by that is all of us have things that have happened in our lives, right? Whether it was at birth, uh, childhood, adolescence, young adult, whatever. We all have walked through trials. We all have walked through pain. We all have walked through things that have happened. But Moses was so dedicated and focused on God that he could have, you know, if, if you don't know, he was set afloat down the Nile when he was just a baby to seek refuge from the edict that was um, calling for death of all of the male Hebrew babies. And so he was gonna be killed, right? He was a male boy. His mother said, this is my only option, puts him in a basket, sends him down the Nile. Well, he's found, he's adopted, if you will, and he's raised. But he could have looked at that his whole life and thought, I was abandoned. I was this. I was that. And I know that can be a real thought, right? Absolutely, that could be a real thought. But he didn't posture himself that way. See, he was a prophet, and he led Israel out of Egypt. And next to David, I think he is like, the most mentioned person in Old Testament. I don't know that for a fact, 100%, but next to David, I think he is one of the most mentioned people. So he was important, right? They didn't just write all these stories about him because he was just some dude. Like, he was used of God. He was, he was a prophet. He was amazing. He had boldness. He had tenacity. He had fire. He had faith. Amen? We could learn a thing or two from Moses. But if he held on to that potential hurt, if he would have wandered his whole life and wandered and just wondered and wandered, O and an A, right? He wondered mentally, wandered physically. Who am I? What what am I doing here? Why am I living this life? What would his life have been like? But he was so in tune with God. He sought God with everything he had. He listened to God. He obeyed God. And wouldn't you know, amazing miracles happened. Because he wants to use people. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use those that are faithful to him and their relationship with him. So do you all know what Moses did? God took what was in the beginning a potential damaging moment for his life began in the river and God used it to make the most miraculous thing happen and he delivered a whole nation of people from their enemy by parting the sea. He took him back and made one of his greatest miracles in the same place that his hurt began. So no matter what you walk through in life, no matter what has been done to you, we don't take it lightly. We have compassion for it. But we also have to say, God, how are you going to use this for your good? How are you going to take my greatest pain, my greatest sorrow, my greatest searching moments? How are you going to take these things and use them to bless others and use them to Changed the trajectory of my life. So maybe you weren't cast down the river in a basket, but maybe, maybe you were abandoned. Maybe you were let down on some things. Maybe some people made some promises to you that they didn't follow through with. Maybe somebody said hurtful things to you or did horrible, hurtful things to you. I'm sorry for that. But the Lord is so good and so sovereign that he can use all those things to turn them for good amen so he used god used what could have been the greatest source of pain to deliver people into freedom and that's what he wants for each one of us through our prayers He wants us to walk in freedom. He wants us to know that we don't have to carry this stuff with us any longer so we can lay aside our agendas, we can lay aside our hurts, and we can enter into moments with God through prayer and not have them be complaining sessions, amen? But we can enter them with thanksgiving, with praise, with edifying our spirits, with building our faith and sacrificing our flesh, and sacrificing our time. So I want to challenge you. What do you have to lose by spending a little extra time with God in prayer? Maybe some sleep, but I guarantee y'all have gotten up early for a flight before, right? Like, y'all have gotten up early because you got to get to work. You've stayed up late, maybe partying, doing whatever you want to do, had to get up the next day. You made it through. Could you imagine doing whatever you're doing and then getting up and actually feeling more energized when you walk out of your prayer closet because you're like, "Woo! thank you, Jesus. I had a breakthrough this morning. I had revelation. I had a fresh word from God. I know that this day is going to be different than yesterday. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, that's what I got for you. (laughs) But (laughs) when we can use those moments in prayer, the Lord, I promise you, will bless you immensely and abundantly for your sacrifice of time and for your sacrifice of your sleep or whatever it might be. So I want all of us just to stand this morning. We're going to close out in prayer. Father, we just come before you this morning, Lord, and we thank you that you are still on the throne. We thank you, Lord, that you have walked us through this journey of what we call life here on earth. And Lord, we thank you that first and foremost, you will never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, that even if we're going through hard things, even if we're going through moments of trial, even if we're going through stretching moments, moments where our faith is being tested, Lord, we thank you that you are on the other side of that. So Lord, as a people, As a church as a child of you today we are laying it at the altar we are laying it at your feet and saying have your way father father we thank you that you are just so good that you wouldn't leave us behind we thank you that as we give sacrificially to you whether it's our time or our efforts, or our gifts, whatever it might be. Father, we thank you that you take those and you hold on to them and you honor us Through those sacrifices. So, Lord, I pray that you put a hungering and a thirsting in men and women in this church, Father God. Lord, people that are connected to this place, I pray that you put a hunger and a thirst in their bellies, Lord, that they would want to seek you, that they would want to spend more time with you, and that it would be a contagious fire that just goes from one house to the next. And let these people's houses be known as a house of prayer, Father. Lord, that when trials come, it's not oh what are we gonna do what are we gonna do it's we are going to prayer we are going to the Lord we are going to our source we are going to the one who can make us free indeed Amen? amen father we thank you so much Lord and I pray that you move mightily in these men women boys and girls lives in their families in their houses and Lord we just declare that this house is a house of prayer lord let prayer be raised up and sent out from this place from these four walls and let men women boys and girls be used of your glory father to pray to intercede and to step in on behalf of you father as your instruments lord we thank you for it we love you we praise you and we honor you in jesus mighty name and everyone said amen and amen Amen. hallelujah give the lord a good clap of praise this morning
0: Hey, thank you so much for watching today and I pray the message was a blessing to your life. If you wanna stay up to date with all things Expect Hope, subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on social media. You know, we can't do what we do without you. And if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry, please go to Church. You know, it's impossible to meet all the needs without so many faithful supporters just like you. Thank you for your consideration. And if you're ever in the Denver area, we invite you to come join us for a service on Sunday morning. God bless you. Thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast.
1: Be sure to subscribe and follow to stay up to date in everything we're doing at Expect Hope. We hope this podcast encouraged you and that it will help you through any trials you may be going through.
0: Thanks again for listening and have a blessed rest of your week.